is going on everybody welcome back to believe and lions that's spelled b-l-e-a-v right here on the believe podcasting network detroit's number one sports podcasting network where i believe in the detroit lions and by the end of this episode so will you the reason i know that is i've got logan lamarandier on the show again today from Sports Illustrated, SI All Lions. Uh, he's been writing tons of good articles, pumping out content like he always does. So really excited to have him. Logan, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. This is kind of like that time where uh, on any year it's kind of dead time for football, but even more so this year where, you know, just a lot, not a lot of news coming out. And, uh, but we're still here talking lions and I actually got a loaded up show. So we're going to talk news and notes off the top. And then people got to stay with us after the commercial break. Cause you're going to be giving us your statistical projections for offensive and defensive guys for the lions, maybe some over unders. Um, we're going to have some fun with that. So I'm looking forward to the show, man. It should be a good one. Yeah, for sure. I know it's, it's definitely very slow this time of year, but you know, there's always stuff to talk about and speculation oh, and hypotheticals and projections. <laughs> it's kind of a fun time of the year too, at the same time. Absolutely. I, uh, I cannot wait to hold you to all these projections exactly because, uh, you know, in June, you better have this all buttoned <laughs> up right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should but... know exactly what's going to happen this season. <laughs> Let's uh let's dive right in, man. Like you say, I, I do have some things I'm I'm really interested in your opinions on all this different stuff though. Uh the coordinators, uh Daryl Bevel and uh Unling stepped to the podium here within the last few days and had a lot of interesting things to say. I think both guys talk for 20, 30 minutes each. Uh I always love when we get a uh a press conference from either the head coach or the coordinators. And, and the first item I want to get into you came from the bearded frosted tips daryl bevel our offensive coordinator and uh he 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 said jamal agnew is a wide receiver solely i mean i've said on other shows that i hate this idea i'm so against it i was i have jamal agnew cut in my 53 man projections yeah they sound very excited about him as a wide receiver only now i mean what do you think about this well, I mean, he wasn't doing a whole lot on defense either. So uh, he actually played a decent amount of offensive snaps, you know, towards it and the last week of the season last year. But he's more of just a gadget player. And I think, you know, you get him the ball in space and he's got some speed. He's got some moves that I think would fit well on the offense. But there's a lot of nuance and a lot of just technique. And, you know, these there's wide receivers that dedicate you know, time to their craft for years now. And they're still trying to, you know, get a little bit more polished at the position. So I think Agnew is going to be very raw. Uh, it's There's going to be a steep learning curve. But I think if the Lions were to utilize him correctly and just get him the ball in space and kind of, you know, really water down what he's asked to do, he could be used in certain situations as maybe a decoy or, you know, even those little trick plays. But I think he's going to be very limited what with what he can do on offense. It's just how big of, you know, a game plan are they going to build around him, if any? So I don't think he's going to come right in and just be a great slot receiver. He's got a lot to learn. So I don't I don't necessarily know if this helps his chance to make the roster or if the Lions are happy with what he can do in the return game, if that's enough to keep him on the roster. But obviously they didn't really like where he was at in his progression on defense. So on offense, he's just going to have to be, he's truly going to be a gadget player. Um, 
So I, I don't mind it, but you just wonder how much is it even going to be used, if any at all. Yeah, I guess my quick comeback would be like, you can only keep so many receivers. So if we're going down the list, we've got our top three, you got the rookie Cephas in there, you brought Geronimo in there. I mean, we're already at five or six before you can blink. So you can't really just sneak this guy on as just a receiver. I've been real frustrated the last couple years with his return game. He's dropped some kicks that have totally cost us. He's only returned a ball here or there. Now, I know that's better than nothing. I mean, if you get a touchdown or two from the guy on special teams, that is somewhat a bonus but like you said he he can't uh, cover a coffee table as my buddy Grifka would say and uh, you know they just to flip him on the offensive side of the ball seems crazy to me and like what was it three years ago when they did some of those jet sweeps and and played him every once in a while it was it was kind of like oh great you know a nice little play by Jamal Agnew but I mean, he hasn't progressed at all since then. And what do they think? He's going to come out and give them legit receiver routes or way more production rather than two plays here or there? Like, I'd rather get him off the roster and put in a guy, like you said, that's a polished receiver, maybe a younger guy, Fulgham, whatever, than have uh, Agnew out there for three plays a game. But that's Yeah, just and you look at even last year, actually, he he played a decent amount. Of, he actually, I think he almost played um... – just as much offense as he did defense. So I don't think he was really playing even whether he's on offense or defense last year, he was essentially just a return man. And that's why he was on the roster. So if the, if you want to look at it as, yeah, the Lions would have to keep another receiver. Well, they could probably also keep one less corner than they were last year. Cause a lot of times last year they had seven corners on the roster cause it included Agnew in that spot, but at receiver, they only typically kept four. So it's, if they want to keep one less corner this year and one more receiver to keep Agnew, they could look at that route too. So it's kind of just all that, that roster construction of how, where you want to have players. And if Agnew, if they kept him last year strictly for his return abilities, maybe they'd do it again this year, regardless of position. So that's, that's the only thing I can really think of, but it is, it would be weird if the lions keep like six receivers this year, even seven when they typically only had four on, the 53 man roster for a good majority of the last two years. Right. And last thing I'll say on it, I guess is I agree with you. They could go that route. I could definitely see a Matt Patricia, even a Bob Quinn thinking that, you know, they're going to somewhat turn this guy into a versatile piece. Hey, if we can teach him a little bit of offense, maybe give us a little juice. If Huntley or the new punt kick returner goes down, you can play him there. And in a real pinch, we can put him out on defense, even though he's probably going to get roasted and toasted. But uh, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I The way I see it going down is, is Huntley probably getting the return abilities, you know, Agnew getting squeezed out of receiver and, him not being good enough on defense and then probably just moving on from the player. Cause to me, there's just not enough production to justify kind of continuing to keep him around when we have some other better options, I would assume, but we will see what they do. I mean, Daryl Bevel had a lot of other good things to say. I encourage everybody to go check that out either on lions.com or, you know, pull it up on YouTube, whatever you got to do to kind of listen to uh, the, the offensive coordinator there. He had lots of, Good thoughts and, you know, always seems like a bright guy that's on top of it. So it's good to have him at the helm of our offense. Uh, let's flip it over to Unlin uh, just on the defensive side of the ball because uh, I just wanted to focus on the uh, quotes or the things he had to say about Jeff Okuda. I don't have the quotes right, right in front of me, but the gist of it was he's just so impressed by this kid and his mentality. He's just locked in on football. He even said he just can't get him to – 
talk about anything other than football, which uh, he had a good laugh about, but was also serious that this kid is just so focused that uh, he's he, he's not uh, wanting to deal with anything else other than ball. So he said he, he's got the mentality to be special, you know, really um, excellent on everything he's done so far, and they just got to get him on the field and, and get him uh, you know doing that as well. So I'm sure you heard those comments uh, had to be encouraging, but uh, what did you think about those glowing praise from Unling and also saying that this kid's locked in already? Yeah, and that was kind of, I guess, the, the thoughts about Akuda going into the draft was that it just his mindset and his focus is just on another level. You know, you can right. tell he wants to be great. He's very dedicated to what he does, and football is his life. And that's the culture, the type of personality that Quinn and Patricia are looking for. They want guys that just want to go play football and can't get enough football and are someone who just can't really do anything else other than football. It's just kind of weird. I know there's a lot of good players out there who can have fun and, you know, be go about their day just having a good time. And Akuda just seems like a different type of breed almost where it's nothing but football it seems very serious a lot and uh i you can't say that's a bad thing whatsoever you know the guy's hungry so i i like it and ultimately though you just have to see what he's going to bring to the field and we've talked about before i i really like akuda as a prospect i think he's going to be good but if he has that little extra edge where you know that competitiveness even though all these nfl players have super high uh levels of competition and just Akuda might be even on another level, which is hard to do in the NFL. Yeah, I uh, we we did talk about it before the draft, and I obviously like some other prospects, but yeah, uh, you, you know, the more that you you hear about Okuda and you kind of you're waiting to see him on the field against those top wide receivers, but there, there's not a ton of questions about him being. Uh, you know, issues there's, there's no worries about off the field. There's, there's no concerns about what he's done here in college or what he can bring to the next level. So I, I think when you talk about the lions making safe draft picks and making, you know, picks that are just real solid football players, he he's that, you know, plus, plus that elite quality uh, possibilities once he gets his feet under him. So I, I think, you know, he's going to be real fun to watch the next few years at a position that is a premier position in the game in a passing league. So I'm really excited about it and uh, can't wait to, can't wait to see him out there. No doubt about it. So um, good, good things from the defensive coordinator as well. I mean, Unling to me is still the, the guy that's been brought in to be the nice cop while Matt Patricia still gets after people a little bit. Uh, he's also been, uh, you know, they asked him about play calling and he danced around it saying, we'll see when we get there. That seemed to tell me Matt Patricia will be calling plays. I'll be trying to motivate the guys and trying to uh, keep them in a good spirits, you know, despite the hard coaching and things they might be getting. And I hope he's got some juice to him. I hope Unling can draw up some things and really be good. So, We'll see. Did you get anything else from from Unling? Because he's kind of the wild card. We know what we're getting from Bevel, but anything else jumped out at you? Uh, nothing too in particular. You know, it's just that time of year where there's a lot of coach speak going on, and yeah. you know, they're going to say all the right things. They're never going to bash anybody. And, you know, at this point in the season, you know, everyone has very high expectations. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much kind of what I got out of it. He said all the things he should say and <laughs> talked – talked up quite a few players and um yeah the, the most interesting part I wanted to just hear and you like you said he kind of danced around the question of who's going to be calling plays and I think that's probably all we need to hear where it sounds like 
Patricia's going to have control of the defense and, yeah. you know, Unlin, he's going to have his role, but it might not be calling plays. It might be giving input and collaboration between him and Patricia, but ultimately it sounds like Patricia, at least to start the year, is going to be the guy that's going to be making the calls. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So we'll see what he's got. Uh, both coordinators are really important to the team, and, and we could talk about it for days, but everybody can go check out those videos and give them a listen, see what you think. Uh, we got tons more to talk about, so that we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Matt Stafford getting a lot, a lot, a lot of love recently. MVP talk. He's getting, you know, comeback player of the year talk. He's I've seen some stat lines being thrown out about him. Uh, are, are you as high or are you are you rolling with these or are you a little bit uh, cautious based on his injuries as well as just I mean yeah he's got similar weapons and even some some added things to his plate some offensive line whatnot do you really think number nine can come out and just have a you know almost a career year other than that year he had in 2012 I believe where he just threw up 40 some touchdowns and was crazy do you think he can even approach that or get back to a really, really high level that's helping us just win ball games almost by himself at times? Yeah, if you look even what he was doing last year in the eight games, he was on pace for, you know, basically 5,000 yards. <laughs> I think yeah. uh, if he would have, you know, extrapolate his numbers from the first eight games, he would have been at like 4,999 yards. Uh, <laughs> his touchdown to interception ratio was really solid. Uh, I think he would have been, you know, projected to be like 38 touchdowns and eight interceptions or something like that. So I think if he has, if he can continue what he was doing last season into this season and he plays all 16 games and, you know, the injuries are behind him, I think it's an MVP caliber uh, stat line. But wow. ultimately, the MVP always has to, you have to have wins too. Uh, and that's, an unfortunate reality that you can have a great quarterback, but if the wins aren't there, they're probably not going to win MVP. So I think that's usually the biggest factor when determining the MVP is you got to be on one of the top teams in the league. And that's where I kind of have difficulties, you know, seeing Stafford be an MVP if, you know, they're not tops in their division and don't have like a 12 win record. So it's, I don't know. I, I think he could have an MVP caliber season, but I am skeptical just due to the fact that it's usually whoever the best team in the league is, they pick someone from that team as the MVP. Yeah, I really think Stafford would have to have, I mean, not only just like a good year or uh, one of his better years, like an out of this world year to be anywhere in that MVP talk. I mean, the thing he has going for him is he's a quarterback. But unless you play for one of these storied teams, the NFL, or absolutely go crazy and get the W's and, you know, uh, roll into a, a playoffs as a top seed, I, I think that's too much to be asking. Now, I, I'm excited, too, and try to be optimistic with him. But when you start playing the projected numbers game, my comeback to you is that. Matt Stafford always kind of gets these what ifs or man, if, if he didn't hurt his index finger, imagine what he could have done. Oh, if he didn't have this, imagine what he could have done. So like when we start saying this first, you know, five, six, seven games, you know, whatever he ended up playing before he got dinged up, it's kind of like, you know, 
I don't know that he would keep up those type of rates for the next part of the year. So I agree with the math, but I think that sometimes we got to pull those back because Stafford's the type of guy who will like ball out and then he'll go in like a little bit, not a, where he plays bad, but where he doesn't put up those kind of numbers, you know, have some turnovers, things like that, that kind of have cost us over time. So I, I'm looking for him to play good football again, but I'm not exactly sure. We'll get into the numbers there in our projection game. But MVP, I think, is crazy just because he's a Detroit Lion. And he'd really have to revert back to those crazy numbers again. Like you said, 5,000 would need to get up over 35 to 40 touchdowns to even be talked about, I think. And uh, I don't know. I think that's a little bit too much to ask with the way they want to run the football. But it'll be curious. I I keep reading these articles and keep thinking, wow, like if this guy plays, you know, (laughs) half to three quarters of some of the hype that I'm seeing, it will be in good shape. No doubt about it. No, I think uh, what you said was just spot on. And that's kind of echoing the same sentiments I was saying that he's going to have to put up elite numbers and there might be other quarterbacks that don't even have as good as numbers as him. And if they have more wins, it still probably go more towards the team or the player who is on a, a better team. So that's or if, just, or if yeah, they play I, for the I Cowboys that. or it's the Green Bay Packers. Right <laughs> yeah. If they play for the Cowboys, the Packers, right. or a uh, little bit, <laughs> you know, any, any team from a metropolitan area, any of that will probably work for uh, get the edge over number nine. Yep. Yep. So these next two, man, this is rapid fire. I can't imagine you have a a 10 minute take on this, but I got to ask it anyway. It has been in the news. Logan, I've literally seen articles about, (laughs) I I almost can't get this out. Should the lions go sign Cameron Newton? That, that just makes me laugh on so many levels. And then, and then recently should the lions trade for safety? Let me, let me repeat that safety. Jamal Adams, like, I mean, GM, Logan Lamarandier, I mean, are you even thinking any of this if you're the Detroit Lions GM? Please tell me no. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, you're thinking about it, but it's just so unrealistic just due to the fact that Cam Newton, in order for me to want to sign Cam Newton, I mean, it'd have to just be a steal of a deal. Um, and I know Cam Newton probably wouldn't even come close to accepting the offer, but he's still a free agent, so I don't know. Maybe he would, but... I just think the price tag on Newton, some team's going to value Newton a lot more than what the Lions would. And I, you know, the Lions gave Chase Daniel a contract for a reason. It's a three-year deal. And yeah, it averages out to be around $4 million a year. So it's not the biggest contract. But if you already have him under contract for three years, you know, what's Newton going to provide? Yeah, it'd be great to have Newton as a backup on a cheap one-year deal or something like that. I just don't foresee Cam being okay with just, being a you know it's a backup for sure as he probably doesn't even have a chance to start he hasn't been playing great football the last couple years either it's not the same cam newton of old that you know his mvp year or anything like that so it's no i i don't see that happening whatsoever um and then jamal adams yeah he's a great young player anytime a player of his caliber you know hits the open market yeah you're interested but again it just goes back to I think the Lions' safeties are one of their strongest positions right now. Um, after trading for Duran Harmon and Tracy Walker coming back, I think he's still got a lot of potential. He's been playing really well in his first couple of years that he has played. And then Will Harris, he spent a third-round pick on him. And you can't forget about J. Ron Curse either, who was a really solid player last year for the Vikings, and he's the fourth safety and how much draft capital do you want to give up for a safety? I imagine the asking price is very high. 
again, the Lions aren't really in a situation where they, if a, a safety could come in and totally change their defense, it's not going to be like the last piece to complete their defense. So why would you do that? And he's also looking for a big contract extension. I know Matt Patricia loves his safeties and he uses a lot of three safety sets, but it's just as nice as it sounds to have Jamal Adams on the Lions. It's just, again, it's much like Cam Newton where it's probably not very realistic. So I'm not even really counting on it or getting my hopes up whatsoever. And really, I don't know if I'd even want to give up probably what the Jets will get for him you know I imagine it's at least a first round pick and maybe even coupled with another late first round pick or a high second round pick because Adams is still very young but again it's just I think it's very unrealistic to think that the Lions can get Jamal Adams Logan I I was hoping your answer might be more something like this nope 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 or maybe no or oh hell no because and maybe oh hell no with Cam Newton and just no with Jamal Adams because Cam Newton doesn't fit what we're building he he doesn't make any sense as a backup as you stated he doesn't make sense as a starter because he hasn't been good and he's hurt Uh, Jamal Adams makes no sense because you'd have to give up crazy capital you'd have to make him the highest paid safety as you discussed we have four plus safeties that can play ball like i just swear anybody that gets cut good old hashtag one pride or lions fans just want to add them to the team and they have no sense of who's already on the team what our cap situation is like without the fact that we don't want to give away two first round picks for safety no matter how good they are like Oh gosh! Like I thought you right. just blow that out of the water easy, but you you ran down maybe why you're interested. I I'm not even answering the phone if I'm Bob Quinn. If any of these bums call me, I mean this is a, a definite uh, get, get out of my face. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like both these players are nice. Like Cam Newton would be a great backup, uh, but again, it doesn't make sense for the Lions, and it'd have to be at, it'd come at it had to be such a steal that it would just be like a no brainer, but that's not going to happen because there's going to be someone else and same with Adams that value uh, these players more than the lions do or what the lions would have to get up to get say Adams. Like it, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm not going to say I wouldn't want them on the team, but it's just so highly unlikely <laughs> and that the lions could get them on the cheap. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But you're killing me. Like, if something doesn't make sense, then you don't want them on the team. I asked you, want them on the Lions? Oh, okay. We're they... not talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks here or the, <laughs> or the uh, you know, some team out west that has a bunch of cap space and a young squad and, a, and no chance to do anything and no quarterback. Like, if it makes no sense, don't, don't even entertain it, right? Like, okay, they're good players. There's lots of good players in the league I don't want on the team. Well, okay, so what if Jamal <laughs> Adams – could be had for a second round pick <laughs> which you know it's like that's again like i'd love to have jamal adams but that's what i'd be willing i'd maybe even go up first because i think he's that good i probably wouldn't but okay, you know but... a second round pick i would do it but you know that's just not going to happen yeah so there's no point of talking if it's not going to happen we're wasting the <laughs> podcast time and okay you give up a second round pick for jamal adams so now uh either Deron Harmon, who you just brought in or tracy are, are going to get limited snaps and what are you going to pay jamal adams like 15 18 million dollars whatever this guy wants or are you going to keep tracy at a million dollars a year and Deron Harmon at four or five whatever he makes i mean 
gosh, it's like it's a dollars game, and it's a it's a even if you can get them for a low trade price, I mean the 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 ink on the contract is is something Bob Quinn wouldn't even think about in my opinion i i don't know Let, let's get let's keep it moving neither of these guys are coming to the lions <laughs> i can't believe people are writing articles or people are just like entertaining the fans with oh here's all the reasons why as as a uh, my good buddy here logan lamarandir just spent 10 minutes on where you could have just uh you know crumpled up those articles and, or said something like this nope 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 Let's keep it moving, man. We'll have some more fun with sound effects on the back part of this show. This last one is one I really want you to talk about, if you can, for a couple minutes, because I got no idea what's going on. COVID in 2020 for the NFL. Are we going to play football? Do you have any faith in any of these plans the NFL is putting out? I mean, a little bit before we're recording, like college football, like, you know, teams are getting in the – 15 plus players that are testing positive for this here in the early stages. I mean, I've been positive that eventually we'll get to it, even if it's with no fans, but as these things are coming out and I I don't know, I just don't know. I'm really curious where you're at, if we're going to even have football. So I was pretty optimistic just a few weeks ago that the season was going to happen. And just recently, you know, as players start testing positive, it just kind of, becomes a little bit more real that maybe (laughs) this season isn't going to happen or just not as smoothly as we'd like it to happen or a little delayed or something like that. But you just don't, I don't know if there's any way to just make it 100% completely, you know, fail proof that no player is going to get COVID as much as you want to try. It just might not be able to happen. And you know, my guess is just as good as anyone else's because no one really knows it's it's all kind of waiting and seeing what happens and how it plays out but i am i'm starting to get a little concerned because if more players start testing positive you just have to wonder if it's even going to be safe for these players um you'd imagine there's these protocols in place where these players are going into facilities and they're being checked but you can be asymptomatic and still um you know be going into the facilities and spreading it to other people so that's where i just don't know enough about the disease i don't think anyone truly fully understands it yet to really give you know a good prediction but i know the nfl is going to try real hard to make it happen and that's what i'm kind of banking on that the nfl will just figure out a way and you know maybe if they add a few more practice squad spots and are a little bit more flexible with the rosters if you know players were to test because even if they test positive and they're not showing any symptoms, they still can't play for a couple of weeks. And that, you know, imagine if Matthew Stafford were the one to get it. It's like, and he's out for three weeks there, you know, it's that does the season go down the tubes to the lions. If he only misses three weeks, it's like, yes, there's just so many question marks. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of think that too. So it's like, I, I just really don't know what to feel at this point. I'm just trying to, not have negative thoughts in my head because I need a football season. <laughs> yeah, and and that's like where I'm at is like they will try everything to make it happen because of the dollars on the line. But 
my thing is like we haven't we haven't even got players heading back to facilities yet and there's becoming issues or these college kids are just barely getting into the you know their campuses and getting their first checks and they're coming up with all these uh, tests so w- what's going to happen when you're going day after day you're flying around you're 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 on the field for 3 hours beating each other up and and breathing on each other and stuff like uh, the only thing that I thought is like if you're testing everyone in a in a certain manner, like I, it doesn't matter if me and you are are blocking and sweating on each other and breathing if we're both been tested and are are not positive is kind of the way I took it. Like if you got a full team of of nobody with a positive test, it shouldn't really matter, you know. But like you said, you can't, sometimes can't tell and like you haven't started jumping on planes and and heading from one side of the country to the other. And I think there's so many variables that like I'm with you that I I want a football season, even if like it's going to kill me when, you know, Trey Flowers or one of our big guys goes down like the week of a game. And you're thinking, oh, that's going to really hurt our football team, maybe cost us a W, but. I'd much rather lose a couple guys here or there. Like, obviously, I'm a big fantasy football guy. Like, it would be chaos if you're, you know, it's hard enough with injuries. Now we got to worry about if a test pops up on a Friday or something like that. But I would deal with that over not having games and whatnot. But I'd also, worst comes to worst, and they just chalk this up as an unsafe year. We can't figure out all the logistics. We can't play. Like, I'm kind of wrapping my head around that now because, it is such a weird virus and an odd situation that you maybe you just cannot control it. You can't, no matter how many protocols and tests you do, it just can't be done. And at some point I would just say, all right, like it can't be done. We'll have to just get at it next year, hopefully, and and keep working on that vaccine people, you know, let's get that, get that together. So (laughs) not only on football, but in personal life, I'm kind of chalking 2020 up as a, as a miss and hoping for the best. And if it, uh, if we get the best grade, if we don't, like I'm, I'm just assuming this will be kind of a year that's a void, voided year on, on the field and off for, for so many different reasons. So we'll see what happens, man. It, it will be crazy, but I was interested in what you thought and I'm kind of right there with you. I want it. I'm not sure every time that goes by, I get a little bit more unsure, but I'm hoping by late July, August, September is kind of like, Hey, we got this all figured out. We can play and, and there might be a couple bumps in the road, but we're not going to stop the season midway through. We're not going to have to not play. So that's my hope, man. Yeah. That's all you can really hope for. You can't, we just, no one really knows. And that's the most frustrating part is that there's so much uncertainty and we just don't know how everything's going to play out and things can change so quickly. And they almost had to keep these players in like a bubble, you know, when they're not the facility, but you'd, you'd hope that if they're you know in the facility and in training camp, that all these players are being tested and you know, if they are good to go or not, but again, you just never know what they do out outside the field. And, and you know, if their family, if they're exposed, their family gets exposed, it's just really tough to you know, have all, every single player, you know, be guaranteed that they, they're not positive for it. So it's, it's weird, dude. I have no idea. It's just, I just want a season to happen and exactly. you got to just keep waiting it out. 
oh, we need our football, but it's a crazy time in our world. So, all right, man, we won't b- belabor that point anymore, but um, good stuff, man. And lots of uh, things to talk about, even though, like I said, off the top, it seems like the, the slow part of the year. A lot of good takes from you and opinions, and um, we'll go ahead and take our break, get our sponsors in here, and then uh, when we come back, man, put you to the test. I want some statistical projections. We're going to talk about Swift and Hawkinson, Stafford. I want some flowers, Jamie Collins numbers. We might get into uh, how many picks is Okuda going to have? We'll uh, we'll throw them all at you in kind of somewhat of a rapid fire, and uh, I may have some sound effects so we can have a little fun too. If I like your take, we might get something uh, good. If I don't, you might hear about it too from one of my famous drops here that we play sometimes on the show. So everybody, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. There is no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly coming back with UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. And BetOnline has all the best odds lines for the upcoming games and matches. Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Hey everybody, we're back right here on Believe in Lions. Please hit that subscribe button. Please uh, share this with a friend. You can find us on all the different podcast platforms. We really appreciate you checking us out here on the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Podcasting Network. Logan, let's get right into it, man. I'm going to throw a player at you and ask you for certain stat projections. You know, I know you, uh, I'm sure you've worked your algorithms and you've got your, you know, pen and paper and I've just spent hours and hours on all these. Or you can do the other thing and just give me some round numbers and some very general terms as we're talking here in mid-June about what the heck these guys are going to do when they're on the football field. If I like your take, I'll try to give you some kind of fun, positive uh, soundbite. If I don't, I'll probably give you the opposite. So I want to start here with DeAndre Swift. He's my favorite player, the guy I'm most excited to see here in the 2020 season for the Detroit Lions. What are you thinking when it comes to the running back position, kind of general yards and touchdowns, but then I also want some catching numbers as well because I think this guy's going to catch the football. Yeah, and that's I think that's where Swift is probably going to make his biggest impact. I think when it comes to rushing the ball, I think it will be a pretty big committee. But if you're looking at yards, I'm I'm right in the area of around 600 yards for Swift. Um, probably, you know, four four yards per carry type of deal. A lot depends on that offensive line. And then in, in terms of receptions, you know, I think he could have right around 40 receptions. You look at what J.D. McKissick did last year where he had 34 receptions and I think like 230 yards. And Ty Johnson also had another 24 receptions. Um, and another hundred yards. And I think Swift will probably eat up a lot of both, you know, what JD McKissick was and even eat into Ty Johnson's playing time, maybe a little bit as well. So I think Swift will probably have right around, you know, 40 catches, 300 yards, um, touchdowns. I touchdowns can be so hit or miss, but I imagine he'll have a few touchdowns. Uh, I'll say four touchdowns combined between receiving and rushing. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but I think there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield. 
All right, I'm going to take it easy on you this first one and give you this sound bite because I feel pretty good about what you said. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 Why? pretty good. <laughs> but I'm only pretty, pretty good about <laughs> what you said because I got some issues. Like I put out an article for um, USA Today Lions Wire Fantasy about uh, DeAndre Swift, and my numbers were uh, a bit a bit higher than you. I mean, I'm optimistic. I love this player, but when you really start doing the math, this has always been my thing. A thousand yards for running back is like. 50, 60 yards a game, right? So you're, you're down in the 600 range. So you're expecting DeAndre Swift to average over a 16-game season, like 30 to 40 yards, if that's your final number. Catching, you know, you're only giving him 300. So what's he going to catch? 10, 15 yards a game, somewhere in that range. And then you're only giving him four touchdowns, where he's just falling in the end zone a couple times. I mean, I had him at 800-plus rushing, 400 receiving. And I got this guy uh, finding his way for anywhere from six upwards to eight touchdowns because, I mean, he's a premier talent. This is no, you're comparing him to McKissick, Ty Johnson in some forms. I know you're not saying he's them, but you're you're bringing up their type of numbers. I mean, this is DeAndre Swift. This is the top running back in the draft, basically, uh, on a lot of people's boards. I mean, this is a guy that had great production in college, has played in a pro offense. So, I mean... You, you didn't kill the guy, but I think you gave him some pretty low numbers. I mean, you must be expecting carry on to blow up or them just to really marginally use this guy where I think running backs always break out, man. One injury or if they just decide this guy's a ball player and give him the football. I mean, 800 yards, 1,000 yards. I mean, 1,000 yards is the benchmark, but it's really not that impressive when you think about it. It's just you know, it's kind of that bottom no, line for an upper, upper tier running back. You know, for a guy that's a ball player in the league, you should be getting anywhere from 800 to 1,000 if you're getting the football. Yeah, and that's just my concern when I'm looking at his yardage is I do think on Johnson, if he could stay healthy, is going to be utilized quite a bit. And then Scarborough showed last year that, you know, I think he should have a role as well. And you don't know necessarily know what Huntley's going to be doing or what uh, – Ty Johnson, you know, if they even both make the team, but I just think there's going to be a lot, you know, just a lot of sharing the load. It's, it's just one of those things where I want to, I would love for Swift to be the main back, but you know, there's only, I think three games in his entire college career where he had more than 20 carries. I just don't see him. I think you'd have to be a true, almost, you know, a true RB one teetering on a workhorse type of volume to really put up a lot of stats. And I just don't know if they're going to do that in year one with him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll keep this thing moving, but I, I gave you the pretty good, but I, I swear as you came with some of those numbers or Swift does end with 600 and, and, and a few receiving and, a, and only a couple touchdowns uh, that not even a handful. I mean, I'd probably say this. Try please. Please. I mean, we got to have more than that from the high second round pick. So TJ Hawkinson, let's talk about the tight end. This guy, um, you know, again, I wrote an article up about him and I said, you know, he, he played incredible game one and he, then he had a very disappointing rookie year. He was injured. He didn't get the football. He wasn't very involved. And those numbers were not very pretty, you know, 300 some yards, a couple touchdowns for the year, not a ton of catches, some drop touchdowns. I mean, where are you at with catches, yards and TDs for TJ Hawkinson? So Hawkinson, 
again, there's so many weapons in this offense. I don't think you, from week to week, you don't really know who's going to be the top option. You saw last year, yeah, he was a rookie in these tight ends. They take time to develop, but you just don't really know who's going to be the focal point or whose defense is going to scheme towards. And I think the Lions are very well balanced where they can kind of spread the ball out. So I have, for Hawkinson, I have right at 50 catches, um, 550 yards, and I'll go with six touchdowns. I think he'll be utilized a little bit more in the red zone. And he was really close to having a lot more touchdowns last year as well. So I, I think six is a very fair number. And given his size, I think he'll become more of a mismatch and uh, a little bit more utilized just in this offense. But I'm not expecting a huge leap. I think the talent is there for him to be one of the better tight ends in the league. But again, it's just knowing this offense. And you kind of even saw it with Kenny Galley last year where he was very hot and cold. Marvin Jones could be very hot and cold. And I think DJ Hawkinson can be very hot and cold. So it's, you try to average it out. And I know, I know if you start averaging out per game basis, what I, what I think Hawkinson will get, it's going to sound light, but there's just going to be games where he's not going to be targeted all that much. And there's going to be other games where he's the main guy. So it's just trying to average, you know, the highs and lows out. Yep. I'll give you Dan Miller on that one. Touchdown Detroit Lions. I think you got to the end zone on that one because I'm right there with you. I had Hawkinson at 5,600 and I gave him eight because I wanted to up those touchdowns and I kind of went lower on yards because I, I feel like there is a lot of people to get the football to. And and my projection for Hawkinson is a, a top eight, top 10 tight type tight end in 2021 and beyond. I think the guy can catch, he can run, he can block, he can do all the things you look for. But um, until Marv uh, heads out, Danny heads out, you know, that's when I think you'll see his numbers possibly spike and him be a focus to the offense. So I'm actually right with you there on, on Hawkinson kind of across the board. And like I say, you got him at six. You think that's a little bit, uh, you know, you're giving him that or giving him even a, a, a boost. Cause I think a lot of sites have him with only three or four, but uh, I wanted to bump that up to eight just to sort of give him that red zone ability where, yeah, he's not getting yards and, and catches like crazy. But when you get in that red zone, he's just a force. That would be nice to see. All right, let's let's talk about one man here. We talked about him early in the show. You know who he is. Stafford! I need your yards, touchdowns, uh, just overall numbers and impact for one. Matthew. Stafford! Go ahead, sir. <laughs> well, so Stafford, you have to assume he's playing all 16 games. You know, last year was the first year in a long time he didn't. But I, I'm going right around 4,800 yards for him. I think in this you know, deep passing attack, he's going to uh, kind of continue where he left off last year, and the Lions didn't lose anybody in their receiving core. And if in anything, they gained more. And then Hawkinson taking another step, which we kind of talked about, I think he will. Uh, I think he's going to be right on that 4,800 yard mark. And depending on what this Lions defense does, I think Stafford's still going to have to sling the ball quite a bit. Um, so as far as touchdowns go, I think 35. I mean, that's a lot of touchdowns. But again, I think Stafford is going to be carrying this team more often than not. The defense, although I think it's improved, I still am a little bit skeptical that the defense is going to be, you know, shutting people down where the lions can just try to play smash mouth football. So it's still going to fall on Stafford to be putting up the big stats to carry the team each week. Woo! Big numbers there from Logan Lamarandier, man. 30, uh, 48, 
35 plus, but I can't say I'm too far off, man. I was, I was trying to do some numbers for Stafford and, uh, I pulled his yardage down a little bit just because I think the Lions will run the football. I had him around 4,200 or so. I know it's a passing league, and these guys just fall their way into 4,000, but uh, I thought he'd just be a little over that. I gave him 32 TDs, somewhere in that range. Uh, you know, if any anything plus 30 to 35 is kind of where I think he can really help this team win quite a few games, maybe win that division. And uh, he's really been keeping his turnovers down, but I'd like to see him open it up a little bit more. So I gave him 12, anywhere from 12 to 15 type interceptions. Just so I love being careful with the football, but I think sometimes that's keeping him back from having those kind of dominant games where if they're letting you sling it, just sling it. You know, we'll deal with a couple a couple turnovers, a couple issues here or there. So that's where I had number nine at. I got one more offensive player, and then we'll get to some, a few defenses before we get out of here. Uh, what do you think Danny Boy is going to do? Old man, you know, mid-30s, whatever he is now. Had a pretty good year for him last year and as a third receiver, a slot guy, but nothing out of this world. I mean, what do you put in catches, yards, TDs kind of for him or just some general numbers for Danny Amendola? So, yeah, last year he, you know, was right above 60 catches for 670-some yards. Uh, I think Hawkinson will kind of – dip into that a little bit more this year. Uh, Hawkinson actually played quite a few snaps out of the slot last year. I think he'll continue to do that this upcoming year. So I'm actually, my Danny Amendola numbers are very similar to Hawkinson in terms of catches and yards. So I'll put them right around. I'll I'll get very specific and go 48 catches for uh, 570 yards, but only two touchdowns. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure what what sound I want to give you on that one. Um, gosh, to me, Danny Mendel is a tough one, man. He, I, I almost don't expect him to replicate what he did last year. He, he got another payday because the Lions were. Uh, Real quick to uh, to bring him back. I mean, Danny Amendola, once he signed the thing, you know, was happy to say this. I'm back, baby! <laughs> and Stafford Lions seem to be happy to have him. But, I mean, gosh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to do this to your numbers, but I think it's going to be tough for him. So, uh, he, he, he might uh, have a... Kind of a, a rough year. I mean, one where somebody might uh, say this if he doesn't play that well. I pee the food, goes home crying to his mama. <laughs> but uh, I I hope Amendola plays well, but I do have some worries about him just because everybody thinks he's going to walk in and just really be great. He is a hard worker, though, so uh, I don't think it's crazy for him to come in and be good. And I, I hope he hope he does great. We'll see what he does. Uh, let, let's get through some of these defensive guys kind of quickly. Um, how about your, your sack numbers for Trey Flowers? Where are you at with that in 2020? Well, you just look at what he's done in the past, and it's always been right around seven, seven and a half sacks. I think this year, uh, if the Lions have maybe a little bit more help from him on the opposite side with, you know, maybe Aquara or, you know, even some linebackers like Jamie Collins who are pressuring and they're able to manufacture some more pressure elsewhere. You know, Trey Flowers was double teamed, you know, almost more than anyone else in the league. So I think that kind of limits his numbers, but if they can free him up, I could see a double digit sack year for him. I I'm comfortable saying you know, 11 sacks and yeah, sacks don't always tell the whole story, 
Uh, you still have to look at pressures, but I think uh, it's probably still going to be one of those things where he's going to be the focal point of offenses where they're going to make sure to know where he's lining up and give the tackles a little extra help and uh, which are going to limit his numbers, but even limiting his numbers to 11 sacks, that'd still be a career high for him. Oh, here's, I knew this was going to come Logan. It's where I got to get after you, man. Uh, this is for you first and foremost. Well, that's that's not necessarily the one I want. I kind of wanted this for you on on that take you just had. Step your game up. And th- and that's also for Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. Step your game up. This dude makes eighteen million dollars, and you're just like ah, you know, six seven sacks, you know, would be uh, about what the guy gets. I mean, really? Because I think both of you need to step your game up. <laughs> this dude. I mean, I'm not saying he's setting any type of sack records. But I, but I need him, you know, uh, t- 10 plus to just roll out of bed, first and foremost. I kind of need him to be a disruptive force. I need to be a leader on the defense and somebody that can be counted on, not some, you know, marginal player that runs into a few sacks here or there when the pa- pocket collapses. I mean, he's got long arms. He's strong. He's young. He knows the scheme. There's, there's no reason he shouldn't be you know, 10 sacks, 12, somewhere in that range, you know, if this team really gets cooking. So both of you guys, I mean, come on. Step your game up. All right. Jamie Collins. What the heck's Jamie Collins going to do? He's getting paid $10 million. I mean, is this guy going to have a bunch of tackles? He going to get after the quarterback. He can get his hands on any footballs. What are you thinking? So, yeah, he's kind of the wild card because he can play edge. Uh, he rusted the passer a decent amount for off-ball linebacker. He can play in coverage. He's probably the Lions' best coverage linebacker immediately. So I think he's going to be playing all over the field. And it's a little bit difficult you know, to say what his sack numbers will be, but I want to say he'll still have in the range of six sacks and then probably 100 tackles because I don't think he's going to ever leave the field. So I'll say I'll go 105 tackles. Um I'll give him an interception as well. But really, I think it's just one of those things where it depends where he lines up. If he's going to be asked to be more of that Devon Kennard type of role where he's on the edge a little bit more, it'll limit his sack numbers because their edge players are mostly just used and contained against the run. So uh, that, that could limit his tackle total. But I just, I just think it really depends on how they utilize him. But I think he's going to be kind of a jack of all trades and he'll be – mixed in all over the place. Logan, those numbers you just threw out for Jamie Collins, they absolutely did this. You just blew my mind. You just blew my mind. You just blew my mind. 100 tackles, 100 plus tackles for Jamie Collins, like six plus sacks. Like, I mean, gosh, I'm I'm the optimistic Lions fan, but I think some of those numbers are this. Oh, that's felonious. It's felonious. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like... I, Gosh, I don't know. Like, if if Jamie Collins plays incredible, I think it's going to totally help this football team. But I could also see him being an overpriced ten-plus-a-million-dollar, you know, injured kind of just have, like, almost half the numbers that you said kind of on a bad day. And if he has that, I mean, Bob Quinn might be uttering something like this in the uh, while he's in his office in solitude in the late part of the season. It's a bad decision. Period, point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if Jamie Collins is going to be like the centerpiece of this defense or be one of the baddest decisions Bob Quinn ever made with what he paid him. So, 
gosh almighty, I hope your numbers are anywhere close because I don't see him anywhere near 100 tackles. I see him at like, you know, 70-ish. And the sacks, like I think are going to be, could be, could be higher, a little bit higher than you said, or could be two, you know, for the whole year. I mean, I, I just have no idea what to expect from this guy. Um, I've been on record saying Tracy Walker's a pro bowler. This guy, the more I watch him, I went back and watched a few games. You know, we went back and rewatched the games from last year, and then I'll pull some things up on him. And even when he was getting beat and stuff, I just see this guy's physical ability, his length, his uh, mentality that he has off the field. And that's why I just put this guy as a future pro bowler, a future just dynamic player that nobody knows about right now that doesn't live here in Detroit. So where are you at with Tracy in regards to – tackles, sacks, getting his hands on the football, taking it any to the house, anything like that? I mean, he had over 100 tackles last year. I'd probably have him in a similar range. And, yeah, it's not always a good stat when safeties are getting 100 tackles. But with the way that he's deployed and how he's utilized, where he does line up all over the field, uh, he plays up in the box, he plays free safety. He's just kind of that rover who is everywhere. So I, I – would hope that he doesn't get a hundred tackles this year. Cause that means he's probably doing a lot of cleanup or he's letting uh, catches be caught against him. So I'll, I'll give him 85 tackles. I do think you just keep seeing flashes of him, you know, breaking on the ball and getting interceptions. Yeah. Only has two interceptions in his career, but uh, I feel like he should have more. I know there was one last year where it was super close on the sideline in week one. I just think he's ready for a breakout year. I'll, I'll give him three interceptions, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to say any return for a touchdown, but he's going to be a playmaker. And um, you saw it last year. I think if there's any semblance of a pass rush, it's going to go a long way for him. Logan, you're killing me over here, man. This is the third one. I got to bust you up on. I mean, those numbers (laughs) you just gave my guy Tracy Walker. I mean, I got to do this to those numbers. For me to poop on. (laughs) 80 tackles and like two interceptions, three interceptions. Like, I mean, I just put this guy in the pro bowl. I mean, I declared it. I do declare. I do declare. Tracy Walker's a pro bowler. Rack that. I just, uh, Jim Rome smack off was this week, man. I'm, I'm fired up. And I had my button on this one because I thought you were going to be right there with me. I was going to go with this. Yeah. 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 And I had to back off the Jim Rome quad, yeah, because you went light on me for, for number 21 for our Detroit Lions. So, anyway, hope everybody checked out the Jim Rome smack-off. I'm still upset that uh, at the final result and for some of the callers. I swear, uh, Logan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the guts one of these days to call up and run some smack on that show. I got I to gotta show these guys what's going on. Treat, uh, <laughs> do them like I'm doing you here in the show. What's, what is this? Oh, my gosh. You're not, a, you're not a Jim Rome fan? No, I like him. I just, I guess I haven't listened to him in a while, though. I'll have to tell you off air, but it's the best of the best callers. One time a year gets called up on one show, and they just talk junk to each other for three hours, one at a time. And the best caller gets like five grand, and it's just like one of the greatest days in all sports talk radio. So I like take the day off work. Hundreds and millions of people like have this fans are just so locked into this. So you're the only guy I think that doesn't know about it. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm out of the loop. Yeah, it's incredible, man. It was a it was a great event, but I listened to some of the calls and they sound like your cell phone sometimes. Some of these calls are crackling out like uh <laughs> bad sound quality and no good smack. I'm like, man, I'll just dial up and try to get on this thing. Um let's uh let's just do a couple more 
Um, I'm curious on your Jeff Okuda INT um, numbers. Just what do you think he's going to be at just in regards to picks? So I'm putting him right at three, too. I think that's probably the over-under, but uh, I think he'll get tested plenty. Uh, if Trufant's going to be, you know, probably the number one corner to at least to start, I have a feeling that Patricia will give nod more to the veteran. I could see Okuda taking over that role later in the year, but he's going to be tested often. Anytime you're a rookie corner, uh, you're going to get thrown at. So I think he'll be able to take three interceptions, which, you know, for a rookie corner is not bad at all. Um, pass breakups. I think he'll have plenty of lines play a lot of man defense and Akuda is very sticky in coverage. So I'll, I'll give him um, like 16 pass breakups, which is probably would probably be up towards the top of the league, but I could definitely see that, you know, the lions DBs are in, any heavy man scheme usually have quite a few pass breakups. So I'm, I'm confident in that regard that Akuda will be up there near the best in the league. Yeah. Good stuff there. We're back on the same page. Like normally I use this for one of the other lions corners. His name is hard to pronounce, but uh, because I usually use this for him and because I like your, your three picks, I do think he can find the football pretty well. So I would love not higher, but like you say, it is hard to, to get picks sort of in the league in general or as a rookie. But if he, he got that and he played lockdown, uh, I'd be happy. So I'd probably say this. Oh, baby. Uh, that'd be a good start for uh, good old Jeffrey Okuda there. Um, Jelani Tavai. It seems like he's going to uh, be in the middle of the uh, field on defense. Um, where are you at on tackles for this guy? That's a tough one, too, because Jared Davis, I still think, Jelani Tavai is a lot more versatile than Jared Davis, but um, I could see Johnny, Jelani Tavai actually playing a decent amount of edge, which, again, in the Lions scheme as an edge player, it can limit your opportunities for tackles. But if he lines up more in the middle and he's able to start taking some snaps from Jared Davis, I, I think I'm probably right around 60. I'll go 65 tackles for Jelani Tavai, just because I think he's going to be in a timeshare. And I think he's going to be used all over the formation, which again, if you're a middle linebacker, you can rack up tackles, but anytime you start moving to the edge a little bit more. And I think that's what the lions had envisioned for Tavai when they drafted him was a guy who could play everywhere. And I think maybe his rookie year, they watered it down a little bit for him and just put him in one spot. But I think this year they're going to move him around a little bit more, which will inherently limit his number of tackles. Logan, 60 tackles for Jelani Tavai, really? That's that's your number? <laughs> yeah. How are, like, how is he going to – where is he going to be at the field so so often he's going to rack up all these tackles? Logan, Jelani Tavai is going to be the middle linebacker on this team. He's going to be kind of the captain of this defense before you know it, if all things go well. I mean, he's going to be a tackling machine, so he's not going to have 60 tackles. I mean, the chances of that are probably this. No I mean, I could see this guy having uh, having triple digits before you know it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm putting him early, but if he's going to be out there in the middle all day making tackles, why why is he going to get 60 tackles and Jamie Collins is going to get 100? I'd definitely flip those all day, every day, because, yeah, Collins and, and the next guy that we're going to finish with might be able to get on the edges and blitz and do some other things, but I just think he's going to sit in the middle and, and clean up messes in there. Yeah, I mean, Jamie Collins, I just don't think he's ever going to leave the field. And where Tavai, 
he's going to be splitting time with Jared Davis. And if they put him on the edge a little bit more. Tavai is not splitting limit. time, man. I'm telling you right he's, now, they Jared love Davis this guy. What? <laughs> Where's Jared Davis going to play? He's not going to play as much. He's going to be All the right. guy that's going to be situational. Like, they drafted Tavai for a reason. They loved what he did. He just kind of got dinged up, but... You put the you put the green dot on his helmet and put him in the middle. He's gonna be the guy scooping up all these tackles that Jared Davis always missed. Well, Jared Davis is a backup. I would agree that Tavai could get triple digits, but again, I just think he's gonna be limited on passing downs, um, where they're not gonna be necessarily using him in coverage like Jamie Collins will be. So that's I don't. That's again, it's a very versatile defense and it's a hybrid defense, and you don't know where these players are gonna be lining up, but if Tavai sees more playing time than any other linebacker. I could see him getting triple digits. I just don't think that's going to happen. All right. We'll see. Uh, and we'll end it with this. We kind of hit it on him. Everybody's favorite player here in Detroit drafted in the first round. Uh, everybody thought he was going to be the captain. Everybody wants him off the team now. Pretty much Jared Davis. I'm curious on his sack numbers because obviously we differ, I think, on what the linebackers are going to do because I think this guy's going to be more of a blitz machine. I think he's going to be the move player a little bit more, and uh, I think he's going to be a situational guy. So um, do you see him getting after the quarterback at a decent level, or do you see him – I'm just curious even what you see him doing based on your last comments, but uh, Jared Davis, number of sacks, where are you at with that? Number of sacks. So if you look at a lot of his sacks, a lot of them came when he was with the Lions running their cover one scheme. They run like a cover one hole, which is essentially that middle linebackers covering the hole in the middle of the field, taking away the crossing routes over the middle, but also acting as like a spy to the quarterback. And a lot of his sacks are kind of on delayed blitzes or when he's a spy and he just rushes the quarterback. Um, You don't see it too often where he's lining up on the edge and beating tackles to get to the quarterbacks. I think his role is going to be more limited this year on third down. And that's where I think Jamie Collins is going to step in and probably take some of those sacks away from Jared Davis. So I I'll give Jared Davis three sacks. Um, as far as an early down player, I still think he's in line right now to be the starter over to that could obviously change and to even last year. Uh, despite not being as athletic as Jared Davis was just more reliable and better at taking on blocks and filling gaps, which what is what Patricia wants the, the linebackers to do. Um, but I, in sacks, I don't, I think his sack numbers are going to go down this year, even if they do blitz him a little bit more so often his sacks that he got, it was just him running free through a wide open hole in the middle of the line. Cause it's like a delayed blitz or, you know, something that was kind of created for him to get to the quarterback. I don't know if he's going to have as many opportunities to do that, though, this year with the linebackers on the roster. All right, I got to ask you as a quick follow-up, because it seems like you see a different role for this guy, where's he going to be at for tackles then? And then I'll decide what sound clip I'm about to use for you. <laughs> so I'm going 80 tackles for Jared Davis, <laughs> more than divide. <laughs> 80 tackles for Jared Davis and three sacks. That that That's your projected numbers? Yep. That's it. You must not agree. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even, like, I don't even know. I mean, again, I'm a Lions fan, but I think some of those ni- numbers might be this. It's garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. <laughs> I, I could see Jared Davis, like, 
either not being on this team or being a, a marginal player. I've stuck up for him a lot. I still think he's a good athlete and a, and a guy that you can have on the football team, but I just, I just don't see those kind of numbers or I don't know why you're not with the sacks because you say he's just delayed blitzing or he's getting free runs. I mean, that seems to be what the guy does well. Like he shoots and goes, he sort of uh, uses his speed and athleticism to get after the quarterback more so than, then read and react and, and just make tackles in the run game. So I would use him much more as a as a, both a blitzer or a side to side linebacker instead of hey stand in the middle of our D and 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 make every good tackle because he's he's not been very good at that you know so that's why I see Tavai in the middle him moving around or playing spotty and so I mean my numbers for JD is more in like the you know 50 tackles and maybe getting five five to six sacks if they use him in that type of role more so than a, a tackle machine. So that's where I'm at with him. Well, I mean, Davis has averaged just a little over three sacks per year in his career. And I think in terms of tackles, I know he had, he was almost averaging a hundred per year. His first two seasons in the league uh, last year, obviously being in a little bit defense, struggling with injuries, didn't see as many, but I, it's just tough if projecting where these linebackers are going to be lining up and if they're getting, moved around a little bit more but I feel like Jared Davis is the the one player who middle linebacker is his role and as much as fans want to try to use him more on the edge uh if you look at his numbers when he does play the edge his his sack production goes way down his pressure production goes way down it's just it's tough to say and it I guess I I see where you're coming from but I still think Jared Davis has a sizable role on this team upcoming season when you say edge, are you talking edge, edge, or I'm talking like edge linebacker, like an outside linebacker, I guess. I was just saying edge is edge yeah, pressure like the at times. Yeah, yeah, one of those outside guys. Okay, I mean, um, I don't have an applause for you, but you did very well. Uh, it was fun to have a couple battles there. I mean, I guess we'll end it on this. Like, no matter what the projections or what numbers or who's right or who's wrong on these uh, back and forth that we've had, I mean, I think uh, Herm Edwards – can advise us on what we really want for this football team other than stat lines. And, and Herm, take it away. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, no matter what these guys get stat-wise, I want W's for the Lions. I want football in 2020. Uh, and I hope we get both of those when it's all said and done. So, Logan, I really appreciate it, man. You got through a lot of stuff today. We always appreciate having you on the show. It's so fun to talk football with you. And uh, just uh, you're very gracious with your time coming on Believe in Lions here uh, once a month or so. So go ahead and, and tell the people um, they kind of know where to find you. Tell them some of the articles either you've been writing or maybe something you've got on the docket, either writing or I know you're doing uh, – probably going to have some either radio appearances or you're probably doing some more stuff with all lions at this point, video or otherwise. So what, what's on your plate here in regards to your football stuff you're doing? Oh man, there's just, it's all just scattered all over the map. <laughs> um, and I do a little bit of everything. I'm not working on anything specifically this off season. You know, might, we might start actually, you know, doing some projections for this upcoming season. I can give a little bit more reasoning behind, you know, my projections, what I've, given here today but um yeah radio you know the huge show i'm on there quite a bit you know plenty of other places as well but uh yeah twitter is the place to find me you can see everything i do there that that's at al lamarandier 
um, you know, as always, I try to talk as much football as I can during the slow season. Sometimes it's a little tough, but there's plenty of stuff to talk about. And, you know, that's part of the fun with uh, all this, you know, mid-season or off-season lull. You know, it's it's fun just to give these projections. I did. I had a lot of fun on this show, you know, hearing different opinions, too, about how players are going to be utilized and just what they're going to be. And um, we can only wait and see. So I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. Hopefully it's a month and a half or so away and these guys will be reporting. There'll be no COVID tests. We'll be seeing uh, no fans at Allen Park headquarters, but see these guys in the jerseys and and start getting some football activities. That would be tremendous. So everybody go check out Logan's all his content on Sports Illustrated. It's called All Lions. Definitely check that out and find him on Twitter. And uh, for for me, uh, you can find me at Derek Oakry on Twitter. And I'm doing fantasy football articles for USA Today Lions Wire. I'm doing some work for Pro Football Focus as well. So all that is ramping up. And uh, that's it for today on Believe in Lions. So check us uh, next Monday. We'll be back here talking all things Detroit Lions. Thanks, everybody. Take care. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.